Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. Of course, here with Karen again. Hey. <laughs> who's insisting that her microphone is perfectly loud. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> he keeps moving it forward, closer and closer to my face, and I'm just like, stop. We get this two microphones set up. I just want it to be nice. Yeah, you can adjust my microphone when you edit. <laughs> well, so this this week, I think it's going to be a little bit shorter, and we're, of course, putting this out a bit later than usual. Obviously, we're coming up. We, we started our clinical rotations this week, and don't have a lot to talk about just because we're just starting and I'm doing an online rotation so it's not as interesting. It is interesting but not not really. He's online for the first three weeks and then he'll have an in-person family med. Yeah so I'm doing family med. Um, we do so six weeks rotation. These are the core rotations. So six weeks family med and then so three of the weeks we do online, which we use a program called iHuman. They assign particular cases and we we um, try to go through them. We have we can go through them on practice mode and then we can go ahead and try it again on test mode when we feel ready. Write up a SOAP note. Uh, SOAP note stands for uh, Subjective Objective Assessment Plan. Sorry, I should know that a little bit quicker. So we write that up, and then we submit it to a preceptor who looks it over and gives us some pointers on how to improve that. It's not particularly fascinating. The cases are interesting. The patients on iHuman are based off of patients that these preceptors have had before or other preceptors have had. So it's supposed to be somewhat lifelike, but it's, I mean, it's still a computer, and you type in your questions, and you try to it tries to populate a, out of a question bank of, what question you could possibly ask that's somewhat related. And you just kind of go through. I have to do nine of these and over the course of the next three weeks. And on top of that, of course, we're trying to study for the family medicine shelf exam. Yeah. So that's what Eric's been doing. <laughs> we also, we did the Savannah Children's Museum this oh, yeah. last week with the kiddos and a couple other families, which was fun. I think this trip... So we've been once before, and the drive, the kids behaved better at this drive, and mostly better at the Children's Museum. The very end, I think we just stayed too long. It was very hot, and we just stayed too long. So they had a little meltdown at the end, but... Yeah, they get to a point where they stop listening, and they start wanting to just, just not listening and just being disobedient, and... So I get with a lot of other kids around, other parents. It just gets to a point where you just kind of got to pull the plug and just say go home. Yeah, so Children's Museum, we went to the park. We had a date night before Eric started up again, which was nice. Yeah. And we got our loan application approved for our next year. Woohoo! That, that was a big <laughs> one, and, and I, I definitely sweated the... The previous loans, it felt like it took a day or two for, them, uh, for the lender to approve it. This one took like four days, and like a senior loan advisor had to look it over. And 
A senior loan advisor has had to look all of them over. This one was our biggest loan yet. However, it's also including money to apply for all the residencies. I mean, all those applications cost money. It also is including paying for UWorld for step two and possibly Sketchy for step two. So, I mean, there's some extra expenses in there that aren't included in what the school says that you should. And so I guess this is a good topic for tonight. We can talk a little bit about budgets, fun stuff like that. So exciting. So with our first, so this this will be our loan for our third year. With our first year, the school has a budget spreadsheet that they send out to all the students. And it's the spreadsheet is for one student. However, when we looked at the expenditures that they were having for students, we have actually been relatively close to what their budget has been just because they budgeted so much for food and so much for travel we were able to kind of say okay well we'll only budget for one trip home from the island which we weren't able to do because of covid and we will only budget for we're not going to budget for going out to food we're just going to make all of our food and so i think with the first loan we weren't we were only a few thousand off of what the school suggested and our second year loan we were actually under what the school suggested this is going to be the first loan that we are actually over by uh, i i would say a significant amount but i think that's just because of like we're renting a house and along with that we didn't we didn't buy any clothes for the last two years we did and so there's a couple extra expenditures that we 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 have two vehicles insurance gas things that you don't have on the island well you we had a car on the island but the upkeep on that car was rather inexpensive compared to here whereas the insurance on saint vincent was like i don't know 600 ec for six months which is not very much here it's like 1200 for a year. <laughs> yeah, Georgia ex- insurance is really expensive. And I'm not sure if that's just because of the possible weather conditions that might ruin your vehicle or if that's just because the drivers, the drivers here or <laughs> or what. But it's more expensive than it was in, in, when we lived in Washington. So I think that might be also why the school um, budget spreadsheets were a little off for us as well. Because, again, we're one of the first terms to... One of the first few terms that have done Georgia, so the cost of living may be a little bit different. So just some of the spreadsheets just may not line up quite right. Yeah, because I think when I looked at, because they just did the spreadsheet for Georgia, it used to be that you had the option of being in Maryland with Trinity. And that spreadsheet, when I looked at that last term, I believe, was about where we we are right now so I think what I do when so I do the budget just because it's one less thing off of Eric's plate and you're good at numbers yeah I'm, I'm fairly decent at numbers so I add up all of the like these are the things we are going to spend so your rent your your insurances your I mean we've got several insurances your your renters your vehicle your life insurance all that all that lovely stuff well, um, and, and even on the school budget, they add in malpractice insurance for us on, on clerk, clerkships. So, Right, right. So I add up what the family needs to 
the the minimum that the family needs to live off of and then I add it to what the tuition for the school is and then I we look at what the tuition for the school pays for so like the tuition for the school pays for so the they, study books. But. So they, yeah, they give us Kaplan Step Two study books. They some of it will also cover the shelf exam fees, records keeping. I think we mentioned malpractice insurance, and then of course there's the student health insurance, which is mandatory. Since we're now back in the states, Eric's the only one on that, so that that actually brought our budget down a little bit. So not to mislead anyone, we're not risking four kids and Karen being no. uninsured. We we went ahead and we became residents of the state. We are now, you know, fully registered to vote, fully, you know, just driver's license and everything. And with that, we applied for Medicaid since we don't have actually any income with regards to work. And essentially our income is our student loans. So we we qualified for Medicaid. And so... I'm double covered, which is kind of nice. And then, of course, all the kids are covered and Karen are, is covered. So it Medicaid, if you haven't ever been on it, it's it's a great safety net for the low income. But it has some drawbacks. Some mainly you're limited of which providers you can see. Some provide, you know, Most providers do take Medicaid to some extent, but some of them will have to limit their case loads. Their what's the word? The panels of how many Medicaid patients they take on because Medicaid does not pay cost of treatment and care. Medicaid pays below cost. And so... So you have to have enough... As a provider, if he has to, wants to keep his business open, wants to continue to treat patients, pay his staff and pay himself, he will have to limit how many Medicaid patients he sees. And, and providers generally like to see Medicaid patients because they still feel like they want to give back to the community. They still want to help the poor. I mean, most doctors came in to help the sick, and sometimes the most sickly are the poor. Right. But, like, what we're finding out... Well, we had this problem before we, we left Washington. We we were trying to get our daughter in to have her eyes checked, and we weren't able to do it before we left the island. On the island, I think that eye specialist only came once a year, and then COVID hit, so I we were not able to get her eyes checked on the island, and now we finally have an appointment for her to see an eye special, a pediatric eye ophthalmologist. ophthalmologist. Thank you. But that's not until September. <laughs> and we have to drive up to Atlanta. Yeah, we have to drive a couple hours in order to see someone. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. But my, she's blind as a bat. Well, yeah. She, she has a tendency to get very close to a lot of things. And yeah, yeah. She's, not, she's not doing so well for sight. So hopefully we get that corrected soon, sooner than later. So you might have to wait on a few things, but at the same time, it is saving us several thousand dollars yeah. to do it this way. So well, and worth noting as well, since we, we're we're in our thirties, so we may not be done with just that four kids. We may have more kids, and we our kids could you know heaven forbid they might break a bone or something like that. One thing that maybe you can always consider is looking at your benefits or your health benefits because as much as you might have health insurance, it might be very costly to use it. Uh, for an example, right, one of the insurances I think the school offers does not have, have an out-of-pocket maximum. And what that means, I, I worked as a surgery coordinator, so this is something I, I did deal with a lot. No out-of-pocket max means you pay 
your deductible, you pay your co-insurance. So if you have a $500 deductible, you pay that for the first $500 that's billed. And then you, if you have co-insurance, say it's 20, 20%, you pay 20% of the charges that are within contract. So if you go to an in-network hospital with an in-network doctor, and, with, and they usually have an agreed-upon price, that's not the sticker price, so that's kind of a, another issue, but you pay 20% of that agreed-upon price. But most insurances, many insurances, will have an out-of-pocket maximum, which they say you will continue to pay 20% of all the bills until you have paid $5,000, $10,000, something like that. With one of these insurances, there is no out-of-pocket. So you continue to pay 20% until the cows home, come yeah. home. Until you're broke. So if, you, if you're <laughs> pregnant and you're going to have a baby, that means it's going to get a little bit expensive. Yes. So right right before our last child was born, my company merged with another company, and so my insurance changed. So when we actually had our son, I did not know what my insurance was. I did not have an insurance card. I just knew that I was going to be covered at that time, which was very nerve-wracking. But when we got the bill from the hospital, the hospital bill itself was about, I think, $20,000. And that's that's labor and delivery, so room and board for Karen, and uh, they also charge for the baby as well. Um, that doesn't count what your ph- physician will charge, what the OB or the midwife group will charge. And that was with no epidural charge because I didn't get one with our last <laughs> one because he came too quickly. So uh, there, I mean, after all was said and done and the insurance, I was able to get them the insurance information and everything. I think our bill was closer to, I don't know, three to 5000 With With the insurance, yeah. And, yeah. and, and something worth maybe mentioning, it said sticker price, so that's that $20,000, that's the, you walk in the door of no insurance, that's what the hospital charges you. Generally, most insurance is kind of like a Costco membership. You walk in, you say, I have Regions Blue Cross, and they immediately go, oh, well, we have a contracted rate that instead of paying 20000 which is the sticker price, you'll pay 15000 or 12000 whatever it is. That's what the insurance is billed, and then, of course, the insurance goes, okay, 20% co-insurance, deductible, and this is how much the patient pays, this is how much we pay, everyone walks away. And that's, of course, in-network hospitals. Yeah. So we got off on a slight tangent, but just be aware of what you are paying for while you are in school. Also, be the other thing that I think kind of shocked us when we – so travel costs – so the travel costs to get to the island, we, we found the cheapest flights that we could find for our family of six, and it was still significant. Yeah, we weren't going to make that trip often if we could help it. Right. I mean, we got lucky coming back because I think it was... Post-pandemic. Well, po- post, yeah. post-bad pandemic. Flights were just starting. They I think people. it was a fifth of the price, I think. And it was a one-way ticket to, as opposed... Well, they both were one-way tickets. They both were one-way tickets. So be a, kind of look up what your travel costs are, budget that in. Uh, the other thing that I would say is food costs are very hard to predict. I think we did okay, but for the Caribbean island that we were on, just be aware, like, the sticker price for foods was fairly comparable on most things. Cereal was really high, and then they had a, they added a 16% tax at the very end when yeah. you checked out. They call it a value-added tax, a VAT. So be aware. The other thing that I would say 
is we ended up getting a travel credit card so we didn't get hit with charges and we could get travel points that yeah. I have been redeeming. And so we researched those. A lot of people, a lot of students got... Bank of America travel rewards card. Yeah, but a lot of students got... What was that online bank that didn't charge you fees? Look, this is news to me. I haven't heard this. Oh. Well, I can't remember the name. But if if you're not in love with your bank, or if you want to open up a new bank account, there are certain banks that didn't have foreign transaction fees so that when they went to withdraw money from the ATM, they weren't getting hit with fees. And that's also another thing worth considering because a lot of things you can swipe your card with on, on the island in St. Vincent. There were obviously the vendors outside and, and many just many things. It was just easier to have cash. There's still an island that more or less runs on cash, whereas most of America is generally card you can swipe your card you're good to go on the island you can swipe your card at most stores sometimes you get charged a fee for transaction fees not not necessarily exchange fees so just keep that in mind that's why we kind of keep talking about using a credit card that allows you to make purchases overseas at a a foreign currency that doesn't charge you a transaction fee and a foreign exchange fee but also keep in mind that you might still want to still have your debit card and bank account so that you can withdraw money from an ATM. And that's something that we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time dealing with because there was some, like Karen was kind of alluding to, there are some banks that would allow them to pull money out of the ATM without the ATM fee, which is fantastic for them because if you do that pretty regularly, you you a uh, significant amount of charges. <laughs> and I think what also kind of helped our budget on the island is you got together with Susanna and you guys had kind of a little mini business that kind of brought a little bit of cash flow. Not It wasn't like anything crazy, but brought a little bit of cash flow and kind of helped with the budget. Yeah, so I I wanted to do something on the island that was, I don't know, I wanted, I wanted some time to have adult conversation. And with Eric being gone from, what, 7 to 7 or what, whatever his hours were, Friday's were a day that I would get together with a fellow spouse and we would make freezer meals that we would sell. Well, you would open up a, so a I, menu on like Monday, a Google form, and we would send it out to all the students that we could and people would order until Wednesday. And then Wednesday we would close the form and I would go grocery shopping. And then Friday is when you guys would do your meetup and you'd bake everything, freeze it. And I think Susanna would deliver it to students out on campus. Yeah, we would, we would store it in, this, in the school lounge freezer and students could just pick it up. If they were going to pay cash as opposed to Venmo or PayPal, then they would, they would meet up with Susanna at a certain time. And it worked out pretty well. Uh, I did all the forms. I we did Eric and I did all of the buying Excel the food. spreadsheet and buying the food. So that we spreadsheet could... was extensive. <laughs> we could break down pulled pork costs per order for the pork and by the salt teaspoon. That that spreadsheet was extensive. And just like we we tried to so. I could have char- we could have charged more and probably made more and of a other profit. people who had come before us had done similar activities like whether they would have a like a 
pizza ordering delivery service, and they charged a bit more than what we were comfortable with charging. We we knew we never that, we never sold pizzas. Not no, like that. no, but we we wanted it to be affordable. To I mean, our market was students. We know that they're on a budget. We're on a budget. We wanted to make some money, but we weren't wanting to take advantage of fellow students. So it was five dollars a meal. You can get that in the States. I haven't done it since we've been back in the States. But it was something good. I got adult conversation. Our kids got to play together once a week. And we made some money on the side. And quite honestly, that money was... We put towards... Christmas Christmas gifts. gifts. We put it towards, I think... What was it? Mostly Christmas gifts. I think it was mostly Christmas gifts. Christmas we, birthday. We used all uh, Jeff Bezos' famous website to uh, send people gifts since we couldn't ship anything from the island. <laughs> yeah. You know who Jeff Bezos is, right? <sighs> yes. We were just <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll. It's amazing. Um, it was just extras. That was all that that money was for. It was just extras. And it was nice to have to have unbudgeted money that we we're just like, okay, well, it's fine if we bought our goddaughter a gift. Yes, yes. So, and when the pandemic hit, we did end up for a while there. I think once a month we would just pick a random friend back in the states and send them something, whether it be a meal or yeah, everyone was a all gift. locked down and <laughs> they wouldn't leave in the house, and so it would be like. I had to activate my VPN so it would spoof my phone to being back in the in the states, and then then we can order like Papa Murphy's or I don't even know some just Domino's or something like that, where they would deliver food to one of some of our friends' house and kind of surprise them. We had, of course had to be careful to not just deliver food to an empty house, but that was kind of nice because everyone was in the pandemic, everyone was kind of locked down, and a lot of things weren't known. A lot of things were making people stir crazy. They you know. Haven't been out and about in a while, and it was, I think it was a nice thing to go to give them something a little bit different that maybe they hadn't had in a little bit. Yeah. So budget-wise, I think the biggest things for our family was travel and food. We didn't really buy any clothing on the island. We didn't buy much. We didn't really buy much of anything on the island, to be quite honest. We did buy underwear. We. You tried. I tried. Never really successfully bought underwear that fit. So for Island, I think it was it was harder to budget the first year because you're you're not you have no idea where what situation you're going into. Second year was easier because we had already been there for a year, and then this. However, I did. I think I did under budget a little bit because part of that was overlapping with our move to. Georgia. Yeah, sometimes these terms land in those move years, and it's some, it's really hard to predict how much because the move from the island to Georgia included a move of stuff from Washington to Georgia, which included like a big old cube that got shipped on a on a semi truck and a train, I think. Train, yeah. Relo cubes. If any of you have to do that, that's the cheapest that I was able to find. Yeah, easy, easy cross country. You just load it up at a. You could have it dropped off at your house, but we we chose to go to one of the local reload cube areas where they let you load it up. You put your own lock on it. You tell them you're they're, you're done, and then they they get shipped off. And then I don't know about a week or so later, it shows up the new destination. And you again, you could have it delivered to your new place, or you can pick go to the local. 
drop-off area, pickup area. And I think we rented a U-Haul, loaded everything into the U-Haul, drove it back to our house. And it worked out pretty good. Yeah, we did it the cheaper route because it was cheaper to bring the stuff to them as opposed to them bringing the, like, pod-type thing to you. And same with picking it up. It was cheaper to rent a U-Haul for a couple hours than it was to have it dropped off at our house and then have them come back and pick it up. So moving so, expenses. It, it's, it is tricky because you, any, anyone naturally trying to budget for school, you, well, especially when you have to ask for loans and loan money, the loan, after you have the loan approved and the, and distributions are going through, it's, you can only really, well, the particular loans that we have, you can only really increase it by 2,500. So far we have not had to do that. And naturally, any student doesn't want to take out more loans than they need. You shouldn't anyway. You should you shouldn't want to take out a ton of money because you're gonna to have to pay that back with uh, I think the interest rates right now about five point five percent, which is gonna add up as you go through school and after twenty years of paying it off, it's gonna gonna be about twice as much as you borrowed. But in either case, you don't want to borrow too much. But you also don't want to run out of money. So it's it's really a kind of a tricky game. I know the school recommends getting a little bit more than you think you need. And of course, you want to make sure you have something put aside just in case. So it, it's definitely a tricky budget situation. And, and the other thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind, uh, at least with Trinity, every year the tuition goes up. I think it's like 1% to 3%. So uh, they try to keep up with inflation on tuition. So you just kind of had to keep that in the back of your mind that the tuition costs, while it's not that bad considering for a medical school, it, it is going to go up every year. So just kind of make sure that's part of your budget plan. Yeah. And just I would add a little bit of a cushion. Like the second year, I didn't add as much of a cushion and I didn't anticipate that Registering a vehicle in Georgia costs about a thousand bucks, and we have two vehicles. And to be fair, the the registration of the vehicle is dependent on the value of the vehicle. And we chose to get since we sold the vehicles back in Washington. We of course sold the vehicle in St. Vincent. We chose to buy a vehicle with uh, some money that Karen had inherited when her grandmother had passed. We chose to put that money into a vehicle we felt that was going to last us at least through residency so we went with something very new not brand new but pretty new still under some kind of a warranty and then my vehicle i wanted to fit in with georgians so i got a truck but But your vehicle is not that new it's 2014 eight years years? six years no i'm sorry eight years yeah you're right no it's an odd number seven years okay whatever (laughs) but it runs well and it should last us a good few years. Karen keeps talking offhand about how we're going to sell it when we move somewhere. I have no idea where that's coming from. Well, no, I'm not saying we are going to sell it. I'm saying that if we have to drive like cross country, we are not driving two cars and re-registering two vehicles. We will sell the truck because it doesn't fit everybody she, in the family. We're just definitely going to sell the truck. My car's newer and it fits everybody. There's no other solution to that that problem. That we're not gonna pay to have it carted. You don't have to pay to have it carted. We're not gonna tow my vehicle behind your we're truck. We're not going to tow the truck. No, that's a terrible idea. Then what is your solution? Well, you could leave it here, and then someone can fly back and get it and drive it back. 
Ew. Or you can have another classmate drive it to the next location. There's a lot of options besides selling the vehicle you spent months trying to find and paying in cash for. And I then trying it. to find a new vehicle at your new location so you can commute to your new residency job I... and leave your wife stranded in her apart- in the apartment or house or wherever you're living until you can figure out time between your 20-hour shifts and looking for a vehicle that will actually get you to point A to point B and then get that registered and pay another set of registration fees. We're going to have to pay registration fees no matter what. You mentioned it earlier that we're not going to register the two vehicles. I two vehicles cross country and register two vehicles in a new place. Well, you would be considered a student anymore, so we would have to register. Anyways, you mentioned it. we have a difference of an opinion, but quite frankly, it doesn't matter because we're she not at that realize, point yet. Like my dad bought his truck when I was a kid, and he still has that truck. That poor truck. It's so... It's, it's a 95 Ford Ranger. It's, it's had a good life. It has. <laughs> That's getting sold for the next couple months. Yeah, my mom's winning that war. <laughs> but needless to say, like, that registering the vehicle, I didn't realize it was going to cost that much because it didn't cost that much in Washington. So there are going to be some expenses that you just... Cannot plan for, or you won't think, I mean, I would not have thought of of registering a vehicle as being that expensive. I would not have thought that air conditioning on St. Vincent was going to be as expensive as it was. So there are just certain things that just add a little cushion to your budget. Not a lot, but a little cushion just to give yourself some breathing room. But I think we are under, for our family, we are under what... A residency would pay for so when Eric gets into residency we should be fine yeah that was nice to see when she kind of handed me the budget and like what the there was of course like what the school will charge us is you know x and then what the family needs to live off of is y you add those two together and that's how much we need a loan for I was so glad to see that y was below the salary of a resident (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was nice to see because I was like, man, I'm not sure how we're going to do residency with family of six. <laughs> and okay, the two numbers are, one one number is not greater than the other. The, the, the correct number is higher than the other number. <laughs> so we'll, just... we'll be poor, but we won't be broke. Or we will, we'll be broke, but we won't be homeless. <laughs> we will be fine. Not homeless. You will be fine. You just need to be conscious about what you spend and where you spend it. Oh, I should mention that. Someone kind of mentioned it to me, something I, I, now that it pops in my head. When we budget for residency transition, so that last 10th tenth, tenth term and mm-hmm. whatever else, we need to keep in mind that residency won't pay me on day one. They'll pay me on day 30. Yeah. So there would be a whole month when we start residency that we will not have income, but we are currently employed that we will have make sure to budget. Just the, the, Apparently that's a common problem with residents is that they have enough money to get them up to the day that they start the residency. But what what's that? Oh, you don't get paid until the 30th day of your residency, you know, one month in. And so then that whole month is... Do you get paid monthly? Yeah. Oh. 
Interesting. Well, at least that's the impression I got from some people, so. I don't know. When I worked, I got paid bi-weekly. But this is government payments. Yeah. I mean, the residency pays you, but the government is funding the residency. I don't know. I guess it depends on the the program, but just something to keep in mind. Noted. (laughs) See, I passed on information, and now the numbers person will do her number crunching and... Well, that's for next year. I don't have to worry about that till next year. But he can say that he told me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's recorded, so I can't be like, I don't remember this. Just like you should always ask things first thing in the morning or wait before they fall asleep at night. He's being ridiculous. And you're getting me way off topic. I don't even remember what I've covered in this budget so far. We've covered food and travel and... Well, like you talked about AC and making sure you have a little bit of cushion in your budget. Clothes? You mentioned we didn't buy any clothes. We just prepared to have a lot. We had enough clothes for the weather that we were dealing with. Yeah, beforehand. so right right before we left for the island. So we left in September, which is when Washington is getting rid of all of their summer clothes. So I went on a shopping spree probably, what, a week or two before we left. And I bought the kids clothes that were a little bit big for them. And that was how I handled that. So we didn't buy the kids any clothes after that, and all the clothes that I did purchase for them were on clearance closeout. They were trying to get rid of them. I was three months postpartum, so I had a lot of pregnancy clothes that I just brought with us that were stretchy. Um, and I did, I did go buy myself some stuff right before we left as well. It didn't fit the greatest by the time we came back, but it it was what it was. For the student, we. You have, the school gives you kind of a list of things to buy. And they, of course, will tell you they strongly advise that you buy everything on that list from the vendor that they want you to buy from. Try to just buy the same stuff from different vendors. <laughs> Sometimes the vendor that the school gives you is probably the, like, for example, the school I think had a, a whole bundle, a kit, like a PD, they call it a PD kit. And it came with a bag, it came with the otoscope, it came with the blood pressure cuff, the ophthalmoscope, and all that stuff. And But it was like $1,000. And so you could go on to eBay and kind of piece it together using similar brand equipment. So I wasn't using like veterinarian stuff. I was using basically the same equipment and it was much cheaper. So something to consider. (laughs) And sometimes the school says, oh, we want you to buy these scrubs. Just buy, you know, the school asks, you know, buy navy blue scrubs from this one website. Just buy navy blue scrubs or whatever scrubs you have is probably just fine because realistically we didn't wear them that often and it didn't really matter. Maybe don't spend an arm and a leg on your white coat. Trinity has you get a white coat for your time on the island. And it's kind of cool to wear a white coat because now you're part of the doctor crowd. And you're, this is a short white coat, of course. Don't spend a lot of money on it. You're going to get a long white coat when you're a natural doctor. And you're not even going to wa- want to look at your short white coat anymore. So just get something that works, that fits, but don't spend a lot of money on it. Well, with the white coat, you had to get, it was you didn't have em- to. embroidered. It does yeah. have like a embroidered Trinity patch on it, but some people don't have that. You can buy the patch separately and then you just sewed it on. So you don't have to have like your name on it or anything like that. Generally, you have an ID badge that will kind of take this place. Yeah. If you're going to an island, breathable clothing. Yes. Breathable clothing. It is hot and then it is cold inside. 
And Same many with Georgia. Times they don't have <laughs> AC. Even the hospital doesn't really have much for AC. No, the hospital does not have AC. And the, the birthing center, the hospital had AC, and the ICU had AC. But, like, the the pre-birthing center <laughs> did not have AC, just had open windows. And some of the clinics that we uh, went to did not have AC. And sometimes the buses didn't have AC. Yeah. So, yeah, breathable clothing, comfortable clothing. I think for guys, you can wear short sleeve collared shirts. So you can put a tie on if you want, but short sleeve. Don't be a martyr. Yes. I ended up getting a lot of sunscreen, which my kids thought it was too hot. And so we spent the grand majority of our time inside, ironically. But bug spray was a good thing to have and to pack because of mosquitoes. And they do have dengue there every now and then. So it's good to get the bugs. Even if you're like, I can survive a mosquito bite. You don't want dengue. It's no fun. Get the I know I haven't had it myself, but there was a big outbreak on the island uh, towards the end of our time there. And a good number of people were hospitalized and out for like weeks. And it doesn't sound like fun. Didn't sound like fun. So definitely avoid it if you can. And do remember that living situations are different. So don't be surprised if there are more bugs inside if construction is not the same as what it is in the States. Also, be aware that there may be power outages. There may be water outages. There will be. That may. There will be. There will be power outages. There will be water outages. So maybe on your first or second trip to the grocery store, just grab two or three gallon size waters just to have in your apartment house, whatever you are in. Yeah, some drinking water for when the water water powers out or just something to brush your teeth with or just cook with or something like that. It's not we, we never had to tap into our water supply, um, thankfully. But when the volcano erupted, I know that was an issue uh, with some of the students. So Yeah. Anyway, back to budgeting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my my philosophy for the first first year was as as little as I think that we can get through as possible. And uh, we ended up being just fine. And I think part of that was because I was anticipating like having to buy clothes and all that stuff and we didn't. And then I was anticipating coming back to the states to visit and we didn't end up doing that as either because of COVID. So that kind of helped us a little bit. The second year, I got a little cocky. So <laughs> I was like, we can live off of less than what we did the first year. And we were doing doing great. The move kind of um, set us off just a little bit. But we we had a cushion because of the money that I inherited. So we we had a cushion and we still have a little bit of a cushion in our bank account. But we don't really want to tap into that. That is a cushion for a reason. And so I padded our budget a little bit more this time because we are in the States. We are more mobile than we were on the island, even with us coming to hopefully the end of our COVID pandemic. But we are more mobile. We There are more opportunities to buy things. I don't have to cook everything at home, which <laughs> we are still, I'm still trying to because it is a whole lot cheaper to do that. But it is very nice to, for the first time in a year and a half, two years to be able to be like, hey, I don't feel like cooking. Would you just grab pizza on the way home? And so that is that does affect our budget. And so I just need to be aware. Same with 
with coffee on the island. There was no coffee shops. You made your own coffee. And now it's like, well... There's a Starbucks. There's a Starbucks. Why don't, <laughs> why don't we go get Starbucks? And just, just being aware that that accessibility does change your budget, no matter how much you don't want it to. I need to be better about that. Eric needs to be better about that. Just being like, no, we need to actually... We need to cook our dinner at home. We need to pack our lunches. We need to make our coffee. Yes. And I think that was pretty good for the week. So next week, I'll still be on my, my virtual rotations. We finally we finally covered budgets. I've been teasing that for quite a few weeks now, so I'm <laughs> glad to more or less have that done. If Karen thinks of something some other day, then we can always we'll add it in. come back to it. Just like we always add in more information on what you should bring to the island or buy when you get to the island. Yeah, so we another week of iHuman and then studying for shelf, and hopefully I have a little bit more tips and tricks there and maybe a better grasp and understanding of what Apache is supposed to be doing. It's kind of like starting that term one sometimes. That's what it feels like is you're starting something new. You're you're kind of excited because you're now, now in the, the last two years. This is the patient care component. This is the hands-on. We're actually going to be doctors. We're actually talking to patients. We're possibly giving assessments, even possibly doing procedures. So it's exciting, kind of anxiety-ridden as well, because I haven't touched the patient in maybe a year or so since second term, essentially. So it's a lot of information, a lot of of training that's very rusty and old, just kind of brushing off. And I think I got to start with iHuman a little bit. It kind of gives me a chance to get up and running. But again, back to like, kind of feeling like term one there's a lot of resources a lot of things that you you just don't know how to study like i don't i'm not i'm still trying to figure out how i want to study for my shelf exams while still kind of keeping in mind i want to study for step two and then prepare for these uh in-person rotations where i need to impress my preceptors and be excited about every rotation regardless of what the specialty is it's it's nerve-wracking uh <laughs> and, and i'm kind of just glad i, I get to kind of mess around with eye human practice on a virtual patient where I can't kill them and oh well you shouldn't be killing anybody in family med yeah it's possible it's (laughs) it's definitely possible but we're trying our best not to and you know we're trying to remember the soap what soap stands for then we gotta remember old carts and which is old carts is onset uh location duration characteristics a is alleviating and ag- uh, alleviating and aggravating factors. R is what is R? I'm trying to remember. T is treat um, tried treatments. He's looking at me like I should know. I have no I know. idea. I know. I'm just I'm trying <laughs> to remember what R. I've been doing it all day. And I don't know why I'm not remembering anymore. Oh shoot! I'll have to come back to that one. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, S is severity. Oh gosh! Why can't I think? Huh? Reduction? No, it's um I'm just gonna Google it and I'll edit real quick and so it's not so much dead space. <laughs> we got most of them. Radiation R is radiation. So whether like if it's pain it radiates to any other location. Yeah. Um so like kinda of the fun like one of the patients I had today. Uh, was somebody who I think initially it was just because it gives you like a little snapshot and it was like 66 year old man complains of fatigue and frequent urination at night it keeps him up at night and so my first thought was maybe benign prosthetic hypoplasia but it was pretty obvious after the first couple questions it was diabetes type 2 um, 
type 2 diabetes. And it, it, it can be kind of frustrating because you, you go through a long list of questions and then you get to the end and then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, have I mentioned that my feet are also numb? And then you have to go back over the whole process over again. How long have your feet been numb? Trying to make sure you correlate it back with the diagnosis and make sure the timing makes sense that it's not it's not a secondary and it's not a completely separate issue. It's a related issue. So you're just trying to make sure you tie all the symptoms together and make a good plan and assessment. And then you have to do physical exams and what makes sense. And sometimes like, like erectile dysfunction was not something I immediately popped in my head for diabetes, but uh, eventually I got there and <laughs> I was able to ask that question. And sure enough, the guy was able to admit to that. And it, it felt like it kind of a real, real patient because, you you know, obviously the virtual patient wasn't so keen on letting me know in the onset of the conversation. That's one of the symptoms he had. So. Anyway, it's, it's kind of an exciting time. Uh, I can't wait to be in person. At the same time, I'm just kind of terrified to be in person as well. But we're in the we're on the home stretch here. So anyway, this is actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. And thanks to Karen for talking about budgets when I hadn't actually planned on it today. So that was good to actually have a topic to discuss. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good week, and we will catch you next week. Bye.